Here we go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined again by my guy, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is going on, buddy? What's going on, man? It's it's nice because we're recording on a Monday, so we're just coming off of a, a glorious weekend. Mm. I know things have been a little bit, you know, on the toastier side for you. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can find yourself like a nice ice bath and just kind of, you know, just cool out for a little bit and, you know, kind of get all that steam, you know, off of you. Yeah, because things have been things have been pretty warm. I mean, it is it's the end of June right now, but I feel like it's August with the weather we've been having lately. It's hot, man. It is a it's global, hot. global warming in full effect, man. It is getting hot. And I mean, it is what it is. We just have to, you know, you know, jump in pools and, and hopefully hope for the best, you know. That's the good thing I enjoy about being on an island is I am a five minute drive from the ocean so I can just go take a quick dip and then come on back. Love it. I love it all day long. You know, maybe a skinny dip. We don't know. Whoa. Whoa. We don't need to hear too soon. Too soon. Too soon, man. We don't need to hear about all that stuff. But then you know what? You're going to get significant shrinkage. So do you want to do that? I was just going to say that. Damn it, Chris. (laughs) See, man, one mind, one mind like always has been. I know you had a moment this week and, and we were talking, we were laughing about it a lot. So I'll kick it off for you, man. Uh, this is the segment that everybody loves. It's called, are you a moron? Are you a moron, Chris? I, I, I'm a, I'm a big moron. And so the reason why I'm a moron, and I'm glad that we're doing this because it's been a while since we have done this segment together. Mm-hmm. And um, and normally, either you or I are the subject of this topic. So, all right. Today's all right, Headliner, Nation. This, <laughs> Headliner <laughs> Nation, this is, this is what happened. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, not only do I, do I work as an analyst and writer for the Fantasy Headliners, I'm also uh, the general manager for a golf course um, on Martha's Vineyard. Shout out to the Royal and Ancient Chappaquiddick Links. And I decided to help out my boss one day. You know, he, uh, he does, our, our guy Brad does all of the, the course maintenance. Okay. He does all the mowing. He does, I mean, the social media. He does everything to, that needs to be done for the course for the most part. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to help him out. I'm going to fill the, the greens mower with gas so that when he gets back and he's ready to mow, he doesn't have to worry about going to the gas station to refill the, the, uh, you know, the gas tanks. So it was like, perfect. I'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. So I take our utility cart. It's like a golf cart, uh, but it's got an open back to it. So it's like a carry all kind of a cart. And I take the, uh, the gas can fill up the, uh, fill up the mower. Everything's great. On the way back, I'm like, you know what? Instead of going, you know, th- through the course, I'm going to take a shortcut. I'm going to cut through the fourth fairway onto the, the 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 main road, which is a dirt road, and then I'll I'll cut through the main road and take a left on into a driveway to our garage, and just drop off the cart there. Sounds like a good plan. So yeah, so so it was in my head until the ac- actual like execution took place. Yeah, and. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I, first of all, I was sober hundred percent. I was definitely driving the cart faster than I should have. And what I didn't know, which my boss, Brad filled me in on later was when you try to make a hard turn on the wheel in those carts, it doesn't actually react the way you want it to. So as I'm going off of the fairway, I'm going really fast. Like my foot is floored to the ground. Mm. And uh, I tried to turn the wheel hard to the right to go back onto the road. It doesn't turn. And I just go 30 to 40 feet into the woods, my left arm bracing my face so I don't, I don't get impaled by branches. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that stops me is a huge oak tree. And I try to back the cart up, doesn't want to go. Try to move it forward. Nope. Why? Because I'm in a freaking tree. So what I had to do was get out of the cart take a picture, send it to Brad and be like, Hey, I'm an idiot. And he just calls me back laughing hysterically, like not even upset, just laughing hysterically saying, what did you do? Yeah, man. And after I immediately did that, I sent that same picture in our group chat to you, Jake and Kyle, to let you guys know what I did. And the only reason why I got saved on that was because a tractor trailer was coming by to grate the, the, the dirt road of, of potholes. He saw what I did. First question was, 
how the bleep did you do that? And I was like, yeah, it happens. So we hooked the rope onto the back of the golf cart, the other end of the rope onto his tractor. And he pulled the cart out of the, out of the woods. And I drove it back to the course. It was like, nothing ever happened. See, man, you know what that, you know what it reminds me of? We did the show last week where the guy was uh, reckless driving, man. This is, this is you. You're, you're now on the list of reckless. I driving, was the reckless driver. And we're going to have to put you on the NFL list because we just don't tolerate that shit. Right. What yeah. Doing? But all right. So am I getting suspended with or without pay? And is suspended my salary going to be, is my salary going to be equivalent to that of an NFL player? Not even close, man. You know, because we don't have money for that, man. Sorry. You're out of luck. So with with that, luck. with that being said, then <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to get suspended. No, you're, you're good. I just thought it was funny, man. You know, we all have those moron moments, this picture, man. If you guys can picture, it was like his, uh, his little uh, cart, like literally jammed in between some trees. And I'm like, dude, who the hell would do that? And this guy's like, Hey, it's me. So we got yeah, because because Chouse thought that it was somebody else that had just like <laughs> left the cart there. Yeah, and then I had to tell him, no, I was the one that was actually driving said golf yeah. cart. Yeah, reckless driving Chris Rim. I love it, man. But we do got some football to discuss, my man. And I think the first one is is obvious. I mean, okay, you know, we're starting mini camps. They're all they're getting underway. We're seeing a lot of good stuff. But we saw today Mr. Demarius Thomas announces his retirement, man. Age 33. And I mean, I went into this one a little bit. And I mean, I I liked uh, Demarius. I thought he was a good product. And remember, this was the draft back in what, 2010, when it was him and uh, Des Bryant being uh, Mm. one in two. And and I remember when Denver picked Demarius over Des, I believe. I I still believe it was uh, Demarius was first. I was still saying, what the hell is Denver doing, man? Des is the better product. And I mean, overall, we could make the arguments because Des has been out of the league for uh, quite a few years now. And I mean, Demarius, I mean, he's been holding on. Obviously, he hasn't shown the productivity since, what, 2016. But I mean, his heyday was obviously with Peyton Manning in those glory uh, Denver Bronco days. I mean, where do you rank him between him and Des? I mean, I'm still kind of favoring Des in this department. I'm I'm definitely going to go with Des. I mean, Des had Des had the longer career. He was so productive you know, as, as a player, Demarius, unfortunately, you know, towards the end of his career, he, he started having those injuries. And I mean, it stinks because with Demarius Thomas, as good as he was, he didn't have the best quarterback play because the one play that he's known for the most Mm. is linked with Tim Tebow. And that was that playoff win against, I believe it was the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, where he had that crazy, he just ran a short slant, you know, the ball was thrown behind him and then he just took off and ran with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Off to the races, man. I mean, even though, you know, the Peyton days were nice. I, I still remember those offense. Cause I mean, what was it? 2012, 2013 and 2014, I believe. Did he play with them 2015? He might've. I think so because there was, there was a four or five year stretch where he was consistently getting like 1300 receiving yards or more. Mm-hmm. And like almost, I was, I think there was a, a three year stretch where we had double digit touchdowns. So, I mean, he was an, he was an all pro receiver for a good three, four seasons. Yeah, man, 2014 was a monster, man. I mean, you're talking 111 receptions, 16-19, 11 scores. I mean, the year before that, it was 14 touchdowns, 14-30 in yardage. So, I mean, Peyton Manning basically saved this man's career, I I would want to think, because outside of that, I don't think he – I really think we wouldn't even be discussing Demarius Thomas as anything of a retirement big deal if it wasn't for Peyton in those Denver Bronco years, man. No, and it it sucks because the end of his career – you know, from 2018 on, he was with the, you know, the Broncos for a little bit. Then he went to the Texans. He was with the Jets. He was with the the Patriots, I believe, in the preseason for just a little bit before he got released. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was kind of that end of the career where he really just started to fizzle out, which stinks because he was such a great receiver when he was in his prime. But it wasn't until, you know, his third year in the league where he really did start to break out. And then after his fifth or sixth year, it just, you know, kind of injuries just kind of took over from there. Yeah, man. And those bubble screens, he was the, he was the master on those bubble screens with Peyton. He would just toss it out there and the yak yardage would pile up. I loved him for fantasy. And it, and it had to be bubble screens because Peyton Manning had no feeling in like four of his fingers. That's it, man. He was throwing with his thumb and he was just forcing them <laughs> out there. Oh man. So long, Mr. Demarius Thomas. It was nice uh, while it lasted. 
you know, we got a good one here, man. Your boys. We don't talk much about your Patriots right now. And good. I'm glad we don't have to discuss this. Because we talked about it. We talked about them enough last year. Enough last year. We're done with these, but I have to bring them up today because I saw an interesting thing and I love it. And I'm bringing it up for selfish reasons because I've been saying that Mr. Mac Money Jones, Mac Money Mm. Jones, you guys know my love for Mr. Jones in this offense, I think is going to be very good, even though it is the Patriots and I don't like you guys. There's a there's a legit competition for him, man. They even come out and said it today. They said that this is between him and Cam Newton preseason and training camp. It is a legit open competition for the starting role, Chris, man. Where do you see this going? Because I think it is going to be Mr. Jones. So I will say this. I think that from what I've been hearing from people is that Mac Jones is picking up this offense a lot faster than they expected him to. And let's be honest, the Patriots offense is not an easy offense to learn. Mm. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen plenty of receivers specifically uh, not be able to pick up this playbook and learn the offense. So the fact that Mac Jones has been able to do this in such a short amount of time, I, I'm ready for the preseason because I want to see how these two quarterbacks compete because there have been some videos of Cam Newton, like pretty much just like underthrowing receivers on like 10 yard routes. But then the very next day, he'll go and have a really good day. I will say this. I'm, I think Mac Jones is perfect for this Patriot system. If he was drafted by any other team, I'd be really concerned. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's with the system he is in with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, this system was almost made for him, much like it was made for Tom Brady. Totally agree. Totally agree, man. And we did that scouting report back on Headliner. You go check that one out. I mean, Mac Jones yep. to me, and I think I comped him. I can't remember. I believe it was Matt Ryan-esque. It and, was Matt Ryan. Was it Matt Ryan? Yes. Yeah, so, yep. I mean, this is this is kind of how I feel that he is going to progress in this league, especially under Bill Belichick and McDaniels. I think that it's a grave disservice for you guys. If, if you, and I say you guys, the new England Patriots, if you guys roll no, you can with say you guys, I'm, I'm part of the team. Okay. You're good. <laughs> you guys, you guys. I mean, seriously though, all kidding sight. I mean, it is, if you start with Cam Newton this season, I think it is such a grave disservice to this entire team in how you plan to move forward, because now what happens for the following season, you need to understand you guys have, okay, you have like a thousand wide receivers in this room, but none of them are necessarily really quote unquote good. I mean, that we, that we can see right now. I mean, you have tight ends, I get it. And this, this went to my same argument before saying Mac Jones will do very well in this offense because it's a dual tight end set, because you're running back heavy, you're going to be off the play action pass. This is every, Everything's setting up to be beautiful and magical for Mr. Mac Money Jones. And if they go with Cam Newton, I think it is the biggest disservice because legit, we've said it how many times that arm is done. It is. And it's funny because when, when Cam Newton first joined the New England Patriots, you know, everyone was talking about that, that foot and that ankle. And I was like, don't, I don't give a crap about the foot because mm. he's not the mobile quarterback that he used to be. I was like, I want to see what his shoulder can do that he injured the season before that or two seasons before that. Right. That's what was my biggest concern. And that shoulder is still not completely okay. And we saw that last year with what they have on offense. Now with the two tight end sets with John o. Smith and Hunter Henry and their stable of wide receiver two and wide receivers threes, because as much as I love the Patriots, they don't have a legit number one wide receiver. They don't have that alpha like a lot of other teams do. Um, and with the return of James White, this is a team that is set up to help a rookie quarterback set him up for success and not set up for failure because of those short yarded situations that you have with these different receivers. Totally agree. And next year you can go shopping again, or you go draft a wide receiver. That could be your number one. And I, I well, maybe you guys don't want to draft because you guys can't draft wide receivers for shit, but I mean, you probably You're will go back. Wrong. You probably wrong. go back in the free agent market and get somebody else. But no, I you know what's going to happen is we're going to, we're going to trade somebody or sign somebody. And then we're going to get some sort of crazy compensatory pick and we're going to draft mm-hmm. a receiver. It's going to be fine. Yeah, there you go. See, you've got it all mapped out as always, right? You're you and your comp picks, man. You guys giving it away like yeah, worse all than, 37 of them. Worse than streetwalkers give away the goods, man. That's what you guys do. I didn't just say that, but hey, <laughs> we'll we'll just move <laughs> right along. Ladies of the night. Ladies of the night. McCole Hardman is making some noise, and I wanted to talk about this guy a little bit because, I mean, we were up on him last year. I was kind of, you know, up and down, lukewarm, and then I kind of, like, settled on the, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still in the wait and see because – 
he did enough to make big plays, but it was the inconsistencies in his catching, his drops, and then, you know, not having that true role on this offense. It's almost like they didn't really know how to utilize him, which is weird because you have a guy like Tyreek Hill who, who they can utilize perfectly and and it just you you did you thought you'd see more than just a sprinkle a little smidge of of what you see with Hardman now they're saying this man has, is making sizable improvements in his routes and consistency and his role is definitely going to increase and I mean this can't be coach speak because I mean you you let go of Sammy so the role is wide open for Hardman to take and and I mean what do you think man are we trusting our Hardman already this year do you have to see more because I'm still of the opinion I think I got to see a little bit more I definitely need to see more because even when Sammy was injured last year and, and Harden was stepping up into that number two receiver role, he still never saw more than like, 65% of the snaps. I mean, he was somebody that just wasn't on the field enough for me. And when he was on the field, like I think there were like two games where he had more than three or four receptions. So he really is that boomer bust play where you're hoping that he's going to just break a long one for a long touchdown because outside of that, he's going to get you two catches for like 20 yards. And, for me personally, that's not somebody I want to roster on my fantasy team. So I absolutely need to see more from him before I feel comfortable drafting him. Um, he, yeah, again, like I don't care if he's the number two. Patrick Mahomes has plenty of other weapons to go to before he looks at Nicole Hardman. Where the heck is his ADP right now? Because I'm trying to find, oh, he's a 54. So what is that? That's around 11, late 11. So, I mean, here's the thing. For an 11th round pick, in 12 man leagues, half PPR. I I really I wanna I wanna get on board, Chris. I, I really do, but I think that's still a little steep for me. I, I even though we're we're what we're basing this on is is what is is potential to target share, even though it is gonna be, you know, uh, Hill, Kelsey, and then maybe even we see uh Clyde get into the pass game a little bit more. So until I see a different outlook where he's not just utilized as this gadget guy on the jet sweep, you know, go deep, potentially score that touchdown. I mean, 11th still seems a little high for me, man. It doesn't. When you look at the player, the other receivers that are going within eight picks of, of where he's going, like you're looking at guys like Will Fuller, mm. Corey Davis, uh, Cole Beasley, even like I'd much rather have all three of those guys in a half PPR league over me, Cole Hardman any day of the week. And you're spending the same amount of equity on him that you know you will with the other guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And I, the only thing that's going to change me is that we're at the point right now is that we just got to see proof in the pudding. If he does it and he's showing out in preseason and they, they give him enough plays to, to can make me a believer and convince me that, that, you know, uh, he's going to have a big role, then, then I'll change my tone. But as of today, I cannot, and I will not old man, golden Tate, Chris, old man Tate. Did you see this? I have not seen it, but you have not seen this. No, I haven't seen the update on old man taint. Oh, Tate, sorry. Taint, taint. yeah, taint. Just taint. clean the taint, man. That's what we do. We don't do that. Who's we? We, we don't do that. I, Why I am know. I getting rolled into this conversation? I have no idea. I'm just trying to be funny, and it's not working, man. So we'll just move right on. Golden Taint, Tate. He is going to sign, apparently, with either the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, or the L.A. Rams. And hmm. I was like, okay, the Titans make a little bit of sense because they don't truly have that over the middle guy. They don't have a tight end at this point outside of Fersker. The Rams, I can't stand. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because how many more wide receivers does Sean McVay really need? That, I would say that receiving room is way too crowded already. Right. And then the Colts. Okay, fine. Maybe the Colts have some room, but now yeah. that takes away my Paris Campbell love. Like, get the hell out of here. Stop taking away, you know, guys that I like and I want to succeed in fantasy because Taint and Golden Tate wants to play football. I mean, you know what? And that's great that he wants to play football. Like, sure. I mean, I, I, I want to be a Grammy award winning singer, but like, you know what shit happens? Like things gotta, don't happen. You've got a long way to go, man. I'm sorry to hear Think, you. Things don't, things don't work out. So, all right. So let, let's put it this way. By the time the season starts, he's going to be 33 years old. Okay. Um, he, I will say this, like, you know, the injuries, like he hasn't been able to really put together full seasons the last couple of years. So I think that that age is absolutely creeping up on him, but he's still a reliable target. Then the numbers aren't there, unfortunately, but I mean, I think he could certainly help some team out as far as depth is concerned, but from a fantasy perspective, yeah, I don't want him on any of those teams because it's going to hurt the production from other guys that I want to draft. Yeah. I mean, 
he got into some trouble with the league. I mean, he wasn't necessarily, I mean, you know what happened? It was remember when he got traded to Philadelphia, that's kind of what screwed him up, man. And kind of mm. altered his, his path because I still thought he did have a good four years, maybe five left in him. Um, but at this point, I just, I don't like these teams. And if he, if, it, if this is just Tate, you know, trying to put a flyer out to say, Hey guys, take a look at me because he's seen absolutely zero interest this off season. And I mean, if, if he's actually doing this himself with his agent saying, you know, I'm going to sign with you guys. And they're looking at it like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? We haven't even talked to you on the phone, dude. Like we're, we don't, we don't want you, man. You know what? Hey, if, if Des Bryant can sign with the team, I think Golden Tate can sign with the team. Oh, look at you. Look at you, man. And Des is still running routes, man. I don't know, man. Him and Terrell Owens. Owens still says he's ready too, man. Are you kidding me? I watched a Instagram video today of T.O. like burning. Uh, granted, it was like a bunch of like up and coming cornerbacks that were either high school or, or college prospects, but he was roasting those kids. Yeah, my, and he's my like money, 40 something years old. Yeah, he's 41. My 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 money's on he he's roasting these middle school kids, man. <laughs> like he just like I mean out. at four at 41 years old, he's pretty much as old as Jake, and he's out there just toasting these kids. Oh man, you're gonna get a nasty phone call from Jake tomorrow, man. That's just some harsh, uh, harsh talk. It won't even be a text, it won't even be a text, <laughs> it'll be a phone call. Yeah, he's this Instead is when you know when you when you see Jake calling, man, because you yeah. insulted him. Then yeah, that's that's when you know. No, man. it's either it's either like you know, Rem, what do you want for lunch or what did how old did you just say I was? Yeah. That's usually how it goes. What do you what'd you just say about me, fool? Yeah. You can tell it's a slow news day, man, because we're talking about golden tape. But hey, you know, we gotta we gotta <laughs> do what we gotta do, man. I, I like golden tape, man. Why why can't I talk about him? I saw the eyes he gave me, man. Come on. You can you can talk about him. Just don't talk about like Greg Olson having like a great breakout week at tight end. Greg Olson still plays football. Don't tell that to the Cole Komet truthers, okay? Oh yeah, that's right. Who is that? Yeah. Who is that? He's some, some some dude. Some dude. Bengals offensive coordinator says T Higgins is going to have a massive role in this offense and this is kind of what I expected. I love this topic and let's dive mm. into this one because this one to me is is glorious, it's interesting. It has all the dynamic that we want to discuss because the Bengals are on the up and up and I love this offense and how they're moving, how they're building. But here's the thing. So remember when they drafted Jamar Chase and we had that uh, conversation and it was, you know, some of some have the opinion that Tyler Boyd still has uh, the keys to the car, so to speak, in in target share for this offense. And I really don't believe it. I didn't believe it when they drafted Chase. I thought that's kind of what sealed the deal for Boyd. I'm not saying Boyd is not going to have a role. I'm not saying that Boyd isn't a good talent of his own. I just think that what the dynamic brings for this offense with Higgins and Chase far supersedes anything that Tyler Boyd is going to be able to do. And I really, truly believe that this is not coach speak by this OC. I think they're legit going to be these guys are going to be one and two, man. It's going to be Chase and Higgins and then everyone else gets the the mop up duties. And unfortunately for Boyd, uh, truthers and supporters, I'm sorry, man. Right now, I think this is how it's going to go. I'm I'm right there with you because just looking at you know not only my redraft rankings but my dynasty rankings, I mean I've got Higgins well above Tyler Boyd right now, and you know when you look at their current ADP, it goes Chase in the early sixth in the early sixth round, Higgins in like the mid to late sixth round, and then you've got Boyd in like the ninth or tenth round. So you know people know that right now this offense, at least for a passing offense, is going to revolve around Jamar Chase and T Higgins, which it, it absolutely should be. I think those are the two most talented receivers you have on your team. And those are the guys that need to get fed the ball the most. I love it. And, and the thing is, look at, look at the breakout he had. He formed instant chemistry with Joe Burrow. You know, Joe's going to start looking over to Jamar because they played at LSU. I, I think that this is a no brainer. They're young uh, superstar potential athletes that, that are going to take Cincinnati to the next level. And you know, Bengals fans are just drooling at this man, just drooling at the possibilities. Oh, absolutely. And once Joe Burrow went down, yeah, you saw a decline in T Higgins stats. And Joe Burrow, he by all accounts, he's going to be back for week one. So I absolutely expect them to pick up where they left off before that knee injury. And yes, you're going to have Chase taking away some targets, but T. Higgins has the talent. He's going to be that main focal point for that offense alongside with Jamar Chase, with Joe Mixon. It's going to be a sick three-headed monster from them. I love it, man. So based on predictions here at the end of June, how many wins the Bengals get in barring health? Oh gosh. Uh barring health as long as everyone stays healthy. Yeah. 
I still don't like their defense. Their defense still scares the crap out of me. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say nine wins for the oh, Bengals. Oh, that puts them in the yeah. conversation of the next season. Yep. I love it. Maybe, I, maybe I, wild card spot. Who knows? But maybe. that yep. defense is going to, it, the defense will hold them back from getting to that next level. No, I, I can't argue it. I mean, they, they still have a lot of holes on this team overall, but I love what they're building and I'm with you. I think eight, nine wins is, is kind of where they're, where they're going to be creeping. And, and, you know, this is when you know that they're going to start building the proper ways and, and Cincinnati might have a team in the next couple of years, man. Washington football, man. Coach Rivera, he says Antonio Gibson has been making improvements to make his play night and day from last year. And I'm like, wow, that is some pretty sharp comments because Gibson wasn't bad last year. He just suffered from that toe and, and it kind right. of de- derailed his overall outlook. But I mean, if he's saying it's night and day, then this has to mean that he's going to be uh, utilized more in the past game, Chris. I would hope so because I mean he was he, he in college he was a receiver he was just converted right. to a running back after the draft and so I mean the fact that JD McKissick not only led the team but he was like top three among all running backs in for targets was absolutely just mind blowing and we know we know what Gibson can do on the ground so if he's involved even more in the passing game I mean not only is he going to be a top ten you know fantasy product he's going to have borderline top five upside and i mean when he says night and day i'm talking about his staple his standard has to be that cowboys game right on thanksgiving like that was the game that it was gibson's breakout and he was just he was unbelievable in that contest that to me is his ceiling now right or it has to go higher than that if he's saying that his production is night and day man like what is he telling me that this is what is happening to gibson like he's morphing he's more mature his body is kind of filling out like what do we expect, man? This the top 10? Is this is this is this where he's going with this? I think so because when you look at what he did last year, his two first of all, talking about the Dallas game, his two best games last year were against the Cowboys, where yeah. he rushed for at least 110 yards and a total of four rushing touchdowns in those two games. So I mean, this is the guy who averaged, you know, about 10 rushing attempts per game. And the targets were not there. He had like 40 targets all season long. Mm-hmm. So if he's, if that production is going to be going up, especially with a competent quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, top 10, baby, top 10. This is rising like my chub right now. It's it's growing because I, I wanted a reason to lift him up my, my ranks. I really needed one. It was like I was still kind of hovering. It was like this, this up and down motion like on waves. It's like I want to be and then I don't want to be. I want to be and then I don't want to be. And, and now Rivera is like, hey, man, this is this is what you need to put him over the top. And I'm, I'm starting to believe, man, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Sorry, the fact that you just like mentioned Chubb and then you mentioned yeah. like the motion and up yeah. and down and all this stuff. I'm like, where are we where are we going with this? You see what I'm doing today, man? I'm trying to, you know, make this X-rated, you know. This is just so you know how much I love Gibson? Yeah. As of right now, he is my number seven overall dynasty running back. Oh, that's some yeah. spice again, man. You, man, you're just he's, dropping the spice lately. Dude, he's he's down there in redraft right now. I think right now he's my RB12 in redraft, but dynasty, top eight, top seven oh. right now, absolutely. Man, oh man! You know what? If they get a true franchise franchise passer, I've said this before. I think he's going to be like hovering in my top six, man, like easily. Tight ends, man. We got to talk about some tight ends because they are people too. They are like kickers, like my boy, Mister Young Ho. But we won't talk about Young Ho today. We will talk about a tight end named Mister Gerald Everett, man. Seahawks. They picked him up this off season. And here we go again. Pete Carroll, man, this has to be coach speak. And he drives me freaking bonkers with his shit. He says to, uh, again, what Gerald Everett will be a real threat in the throwing game this season. Man, we heard this shit how many times, man? Jimmy Graham is going to be the best tight end. We have multiple plans for him. And it never came to fruition outside of that, what, that one season, two years that he was there. Now he's telling me that Everett's going to have this massive role. I mean, do we believe it? And I can see why he says it, Chris. The DK Metcalf and, and Everett uh, miss. This match in the red zone is going to be something to fear, but I mean, really, can I believe what Pete Carroll is saying? No, no, absolutely not. Because look at what Everett's done in his career with or without Tyler Higby. Like the guy's never had more than like, he's never, first of all, he's never reached 500 receiving yards in a season. He's never had more than three receiving touchdowns in a year. Like unless you're in a two tight end redraft league, I'm not going near him, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, he's going like the the middle of the 20th round, but at where he's being drafted right now as the tight end 28, 
no. Like I, 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 I can give you 22 other uh, tight ends that I would much rather have before I draft Gerald Everett. So what is this offense going to, what's their identity? This is kind of what I was thinking about too. When I read this, I'm going to say, you know, what truly is your identity? Because I think you're kind of confused Seattle, man. Like you're, you're, you're just, you're, you're confused. And, and I don't get it. Like you say, you want to be run heavy. You're going to have a pass uh, up tempo. That's what they said. So you want to be run heavy, but your uh, offense is going to be up tempo. And now you're going to include your tight ends. Hey, that's nice. I would like a Ferrari, a Porsche and a Lamborghini sitting in my garage too, man. That sounds like a good plan, right, man? I mean, I, I, I would love all the above. And <laughs> this is, this is kind of what I can see from Seattle. Um, whether or not they become more run heavy or just where they, they're better at their play calling and picking and choosing when they decide to run the ball. I could see a kind of a combination between 2018, 2019, where Chris Carson had like 250, 260 rushing attempts and Russell Wilson threw for still, you know, threw for like over 500 uh, passing attempts. Mm -hmm. So I could see, you know, certainly the touches increase for Chris Carson, but I mean, when you look at the passing offense, it's DK Metcalf and it's Tyler Lockett. And when you're in the red zone, how are you not going to be looking at, at DK Metcalf? Like wh at what point are you going to be like, Ooh, I need to make sure that Gerald Everett gets the ball. Like you're not thinking that that's not going through your head. <laughs> I love how you put that because it's so true. Hey man, Everett only has two targets this week, man. Get him the ball. He's a, he's a touchdown machine. Ooh, wait, I've got, I've got DK running a fade. I got Carson running a Texas route. Oh, but there's Gerald Everett running that flat, man. I got to get him. No, no, you dummy. That's not going to happen. No is right. No, we don't believe you, Pete Carroll. I swear you're too old, man. No offense. I, I like Pete Carroll. I'm just playing. Yeah, but he is. He's actually the oldest coach in the NFL. He is. Right now, so. <laughs> and I, I wanted to make an old person joke, but I just felt it was inappropriate. You know, you know what he is? He's that guy that like walks around the sideline, just like handing out his players like Werther's originals. Be like, oh, you guys want some candy? <laughs> Oh, man, we're just too harsh on these people some days. But Pete Carroll, we like you. Yeah, I just don't believe you, man. New York, man. So here, I had to bring this up because I know you love yourself some Mr. Chris Herndon. You've been trying for so many years now to be. I'm not going to lie. I'm 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 ready to just like I'm ready to jump off the bus. Like, but you yeah. can't yet because I wanted to I cuss you out. I, I wanted to cuss you out a little bit because you have you have been on this guy's bandwagon for years, man. Every year, Chris is like, this is going to be the year, man. It's Chris Herndon year. And I'm like, dude, I don't think so. He's like, it is. It is. You shut up. And then and then, <laughs> you know, the season goes on and, and Chris Herndon does nothing. And I said, you see, why don't you pay attention he says it's okay next year will be the year today you know what they said man is tyler croft is beating out chris Herndon on the practice field and he has a legitimate shot to start as the jets tight end tyler croft man the guy who has zero athletic ability he's like rudy rudiger from uh, the movie rudy man like this is this is who's going to replace your, your all-star chris herndon like how does that make you feel inside you, you got to be feeling like you know dead inside a little bit Sorry, give me one second. I'm I'm moving Chris Herndon up from my tight end eight to my tight end three for this Perfect. year. So give me just one second. Perfect. Yeah. Um, not gonna lie, that I kind of want to cry, but I don't want to do it on this podcast. So I'm gonna wait until we're done and then I'll do the, the whole weeping thing. Go in the corner. Chris Herndon is just he's that guy that had the 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 athletic ability, he had the talent, the dude just can't stay healthy. And I can't, I'm not going to blame Adam Gase. I'm not going to blame the Jets. This guy just can't stay on the freaking football field. So everything that he's doing to himself is self-inflicted. It's like me running into the woods in a golf cart. I can't blame anybody. I can't blame alcohol. Nope. That was just me being a dummy. So this is Chris Herndon just not being able to stay healthy and stay on the football field. So yeah, the fact that another guy is come stepping in that has shown that he can stay a little bit more healthy. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can get on board with that. It's, it's just not some guy, man. It's Tyler Croft. I, did I just not my, did my analogy not transpire well enough, man? I said, Rudy Rudiger and, and you, you go, whoa, to whoa, you don't disrespect Rudy like that. I love Rudy, man. Rudy's my yeah. boy. Rudy's the shit, man. I love this guy, but I'm, but you know what I'm saying? He did. He had no athletic ability, man, but it was, it was all heart. You know, Chris Herndon has athletic ability and no heart. So it's like Rudy on the opposite. I know. I know. You know what, though? It's okay, because this is the year 2021. 
Hashtag Herndon or bust, baby. Herndon or bust. You know what it's like? It's like my Tevin Coleman love. I just can't quit Tevin Coleman. You can't quit Chris Herndon. And funny enough, man, they, they play on the same damn team now. So we're both fucked, man. I think. <laughs> and I just I want to mention this to everybody that's listening to this. Do not draft Chris Herndon. OK, please, for the love of God, do not touch that man with a 10 foot pole or you will get the worst STD in your life. Even if that's not true, that's just a warning to don't draft him. I don't even know where this show is going anymore. Jesus man who we gotta we, there's kids listening chris there's kids what children are listening to our show what I parents have, would allow them no, to listen to you and i i have no idea you know i thought this was a family show man we've taken it to another level this is not good stuff man no this we, is great stuff this is, <laughs> this this is, is quality quality stuff quality stuff on your whatever tuesday or wednesday team talk baby we did this last week and i want to continue because i love it and and for me i mean you guys know i i, I put out my uh my uh workbooks team workbooks every off season because i just love it i love the dynamics of these teams and now i get to talk to somebody about it rather than just you know putting it on paper and writing it and and reading it back to myself and thinking i'm smart but here we go the Colts, baby. Carson Wentz. Let's start with this quarterback, man, because we, we haven't talked. We've talked a little bit about the Colts, not near enough that I want to get into. But Carson Wentz, this is interesting for fantasy football, man. ADP, his ADP right now is the 23rd ranked quarterback in the 15th round, 1507. This is bloody disrespect, man. And I think that people are sleeping hardcore on Mr. Carson Wentz. Everything aside that happened in Philadelphia, I totally understand that that season was horseshit. And everyone wants to sit here and say, this is going to go the same way that it did. And it won't. And I'm telling you why. It's Frank Reich, man. This is the system that he was most comfortable in. He has an offensive line. He has weapons. Chris, why are people hating on Carson Wentz right now? This is This is wrong. So, and I honestly, it's, I don't think it has to have anything to do with the offense around him. It has to do with the fact of his history. You know, the fact that he, he's starting to get that injury prone tag on him. You know, people look at him and they think, okay, well, if I draft him, how many games am I really going to get out of this guy? Um, because we know what he can do when he's on the field. You know, he has that sneaky mobility to him. He can throw the ball, but he just can't stay on the field and be healthy. So that's a big concern. And when you look at his ADP and you look at the other guys around him that are currently being drafted right around that same area as him. I mean, I'm looking at his ADP now and I'm seeing, uh, you know, I mean, heck right now he's going, like you mentioned, you know, kind of in that, uh, that, that 2022 quarterback range right now, it's like the end of the 12th round and <laughs> Deshaun Watson is being drafted ahead of Carson Wentz right now. And Deshaun Watson may not even play football in 2022. So that shows you how down people are on Carson Wentz right now. Taysom Hill is being drafted ahead of this guy right now. Taysom Hill. So if you guys are drafting Taysom Hill over Carson Wentz, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to do Stop a virtual. It. I'm going to have to do a virtual slap across the damn screen because that is just poppycock, man. And you can't do that shit, man. Did, did you just say poppycock? I think I did. I don't even know what I was watching. I've just, no, I'm just, I, I haven't, I haven't heard that since like the sixties. And the only person that would get that reference is like, is like Jake or Kyle who were, you know, that old. Jake would get that for sure, man. I, I totally understand. At 41 years old. Yes, he would. And at 45. I thought he was 45. We're going to oh, get phone calls. Bad. Yeah, we're going to get phone calls. It's okay. This running back room, though, we got to move on because I, I mean, even though how much I'm, I'm still on the support, I'm on the bandwagon for Mr. Carson Wentz, because I think anytime a quarterback of his ability, fine, you know, the injury prone thing, I can't argue. I mean, we've seen it. He hasn't played to his best. But now with an offense like this around him where there is structure, I think that the problem in Philadelphia was that there was so much dysfunction. The offensive line, the injuries on that team overall in general, I think also hampered his play. Now he's got a club barring health issues. I mean, this running back room, Chris, we love it. It starts and stops with JT. He is mm -hmm. the beast. I mean, he's going to take all this pressure off. As a rookie, we were like drooling. And, and now he's coming into his second year, coming off a fabulous campaign. And he's just going to be lights out. He's got Naheem still in the past game. Marlon Mack came back. He's going to be his spellback. How can we how can we deny that Carson Wentz doesn't have all these wonderful options and toys to play with that he isn't going to just obliterate his ADP when it comes to value to return on investment? I think he absolutely can because you know you have all right, so you have Naheem Hines, obviously, who's going to be a PPR monster. You know, he's somebody who's like that Tariq Cohen, that James White, who's gonna get you, you know, 60, 70 receptions in a season. 
And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who didn't really actually start to come on until the end of last year. And he still finished the 2020 season as the RB6 overall. I mean, this is a guy that averaged 16 fantasy points per game, and he really didn't start picking up until like week 11 or week 12, and then just was an absolute monster the rest of the way. Right now, he's going in drafts right underneath Saquon Barkley. Like he's being, he's going ahead of Nick Chubb right now, Mm. which I think, as much as I love JT, I think I might rather have Nick Chubb. But I mean, that shows you how much people are in love with Jonathan Taylor right now. I, I love me some JT and even that argument, because you know that I'm a huge Nick Chubb supporter. That would be a tough draft day choice for me, man. If both those guys are sitting there for me, I'm sweating a little because I want both. And, and I know I can't have both. And I really, that's a tough one for me. I, I love this Colts offense. I, I wish they would have added another weapon in the wide receiver room. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. they are backing and we'll, we'll segue into that. Obviously this wide receiver room, but I mean, Clearly, they are looking at Paris Campbell to say they fully expect him to play and perform this year, barring health, obviously. But I mean, he hasn't played in so long. I'm still a supporter. And I know Paris's ADP is like through the floor. And I've been telling all you guys with the last round of your drafts, go and get yourself some Paris Campbell because it's so low risk and low rent that the, the payoff is going to be massive potentially. I mean, I, I love this team all around. I think that they're going to be very, very competitive offensively. I think they, I think they absolutely can be. Um, you know, their defense is still, their secondary especially is a little suspect there. Um, so you know they're probably going to have to be putting up a lot of points. They're going to have to be throwing their way back into a lot of these football games most likely. And right now, looking at their receiving core in that ADP, Michael Pittman, he's going in the middle of the 10th round. Mm. T.Y. Hilton is going at the end of the 11th round. And then you have, like you mentioned, Paris Campbell, at the end of the 16th round, depending on how big your league is, you can probably get Campbell with one of your last picks and he could pay off tremendously because of that talent that he has. So these are guys that you can get, you know, low risk, you know, but a a very, very high reward because the tight end situation, who knows what's going to happen there. We know that Phillip Rivers loved throwing to the tight end. Carson Wentz, who knows with that three-headed monster, he has the receiving core who knows how many targets these tight ends are actually going to see. So what's the argument here? Why everyone is fading all of these offensive weapons outside of the running backs. I mean, it, it, is it, you fear? know, why? they're, they're, they're not sexy. That's what it is. They're just, they're, they're, it's solid talent with mm-hmm. solid production, but they aren't the big sexy names because T Y Hilton isn't the receiver that he used to be. I agree with that. I think T Y is obviously on the decline. He's been dealing with injuries of his own. But I was going for the point of even saying, and I agree with you, I think you're spot on, but I, I think uh, what was the what was the point I was kind of going is, is they don't know who who's going to take all these targets because they don't have the true alpha number one, like you're saying, it, it's going to be a sprinkle, a mix of everybody being utilized, like you said, I mean, you got Mo Cox, Mo problems, you still got Jack motherfucking Doyle, and then you got this this young cat that comes in this rookie, this Grayson kid, he's showing out very well, you have so many weapons, I think this is also what is coming into the fear that no Nobody knows who the ball is going to get thrown to, but this doesn't concern me because I think that Carson Wentz is good enough that he can support all of these guys. uh, And then eventually within like what the first five weeks of the regular season, someone is definitely going to edge their way out and be his favorite target. And I kind of am leaning towards, you know, the Paris Campbell, uh, Michael Pittman style. I think that's kind of where it's going. I'm, I'm, I am too. And last year, T.Y. Hilton did lead the team in targets. Number two was actually Naheem Hines. Mm. And, and this is probably going to surprise some people, but Zach Pascal was actually yeah. number three right. on the team in total targets with 71. Yeah, and that, that was due to injuries too, right? So, I mean, you can. Yes, you know, and, that, and that's because, you know, I mean, Pittman missed like three or four right. games. Obviously, Campbell was out. So, Pascal was that number two, number three guy for them. Um, so, who knows? Maybe Campbell steps in. And he becomes that guy that gets those 65, 70 targets, and he becomes a top three option for that offense, if not and the number one. I agree. And this is an upgrade from Phillip Rivers. I mean, you can't argue that. Are people are seriously arguing that, that this is not an upgrade? I, I, I hope they're not arguing it, because that would be like them saying that Cam Newton is a legit quarterback one in the NFL right now. Well done. Well played. I love Cause, that. Because you know what? He's not. He's not. This defense too, man. So here's the thing. This defense to me, I mean, you they do have issues on that back end. I agree. They let Malik Hooker go. I thought it was a, it was a problem. 
but they still got Rhodes. They still got Rocky Asin. And then everything is still led by Buckner, by Quiddy Pay now and Leonard. I think this defense has enough. And I, and they showed out pretty well last year, especially in the playoffs against my Bills. I mean, they almost beat the Bills. I, yes, they did lose a few talented pieces on that defensive side, but I still think this team overall, they, they're very well balanced. And I think they're going to make a strong push. And, and for me, you know, if everyone's starting to fade all these offensive talents in this in this uh, on this team, I'm, I'm buying, man. I'm buying them all. I love the youth that the defense has. I think that they just need to be developed a little bit more. I mean, DeForest mm. Buckner is an absolute monster. He's one of the top defensive tackles in the league. They went out and they drafted Quiddy Pay. And if you guys watch the scouting report on him, the, the pro day video I did on him uh, mm. over at Headliner U, I just gushed about this kid. Um, and of course, Darius Leonard, who's one of the top three linebackers in the NFL at this point. Um, I do like Rocky Sin. It's, it's Xavier Rhodes can be hit or miss. You know, he's, He's super aggressive in coverage, and sometimes that can come back to bite him in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have Kenny Moore, but Rhodes yeah, like did kind of resurrect his career last year a little bit, though. He he was way better than he was in Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. In Minnesota, he wasn't a liability, but he was like teams were starting to target him and, and really like starting to go after him in Minnesota, which kind of scared me. Um, but the, I do like the defense and the pieces that they've been building around some of these star players. I think they're just like. I think they're another two to three years away from really completing the defense they want to put together. And I don't hate that. I can't argue that. I think it's, I think it's a very valid point. Very fair, but I like the and, Colts. And first I of like all, the Colts. I just want to mention, they also have our very own Taylor Moser in Rodrigo Blankenship at oh, kicker. So yes, indeed the guy with yeah. the glasses. Yes, indeed. The guy with the glasses. The that is him. The glass. <laughs> Green Bay, man. Continuing team talk, baby. I love it, man. Green Bay. So here's the thing, Chris. This one was interesting, and I and I didn't confirm this. I was looking and searching, and I could not freaking confirm it, but this was interesting. So the NFLPA actually put out a rule as of last year or, or negotiated this rule with the league, and it was for the opt-out due to COVID. So did you know that players can still opt out this season and get a portion of their of their pay? I haven't confirmed it, so it's not 100% for, true. For, for what reason? I have no idea. And and I oh, saw okay. this, and I was looking and looking to see the confirmation. But if I'm wrong and this is all lies, then then take it for what it is. Don't take it as, as 100% fact, everybody. But this is just what I read. And, and Aaron Rodgers, apparently, if he sits out, he could earn up to $18 million this year on the opt-out. And if this is truth, this this uh, ownership group in Green Bay is going to pull out their freaking hair because they know and they've already stated that they will not trade Aaron Rodgers away. And, and I'll be shocked if they do. And, and at this point, what is really we've talked about Aaron Rodgers a lot on this show this offseason because, I mean, he was he making headlines every which way because nobody knows he's in Hawaii with his girlfriend, not giving a damn while these guys are in OTAs and minicamps. But is he really coming back or is it what's what's going on here? And is he going to sit out if he potentially could make 18 million dollars? Holy crap. You're you're right. They Am haven't right? the players haven't they have until Friday Ooh. to opt out of the 2021 season because of Look COVID-19. At Look at that. See, we and, confirm the shit for you on this show. Breaking news. And so this is the whole thing. If he holds out and he just decides not to show up and play then he forfeits $18.3 million or he can just, you know, opt out and he will make $11.5 million mm-hmm. as well as a $6.8 million roster bonus paid in March. Look at that. So here's the thing. What's his motivation That's to come insane. back? What's his motivation to come back and play football? There isn't nothing. Any. The dude's exactly. going to get paid. And on top of that, it's the same thing as the Le'Veon Bell situation. You sit out a year, you become a free agent. Do you not? But he's still under contract. So I don't know how that one plays out. See, that's the thing is he's still under contract for what? Three more years? Something like that. Because so, Lev was on the franchise tag. So he was a free agent. I don't know how this works out. So he would have to come back to Green Bay. He would have to come back. But I mean, I mean, heck, that's one more year of less wear and tear on his arm and on his body. And the dude still gets paid 18 mil. Yeah. To do nothing. I, I pretty did, good, pretty good deal for him. Right. So, I mean, this is crazy. When I read that, I was like, this changes absolutely everything in the conversation. And if they have to only till Friday to make this decision, 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers, to me, uh, if he doesn't want to play in Green Bay and he's pissed off at this ownership group, I mean, what a better way to stick it to him and give him the middle finger and say, hey, I'm sitting on my couch and you guys are paying me my money. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So what does this do to the entire team, Chris? This changes everything, right? I mean, now all of a sudden, all your star players, your, your Aaron Jones, your Devontae's, your, your Amari Rogers, MVS, everybody goes to shit. I mean, can we really trust this love guy? I mean, at this point, he's still very, very raw. I, I can't show no love for love just yet. I mean, I can't show any love for him just yet. Um, but with that being said... Some redrafters are showing some love for him because they're he's the uh the third to last quarterback being drafted right now in a lot of redrafts. He's going in the 24th round as the 35th overall quarterback. He's actually getting drafted before Drew Locke and Andy Dalton right now. What are you guys smoking, man? What are y'all like, smoking? Why they're drafting a backup quarterback before starters who are pretty much being named starters at this point right now. Maybe now, maybe Justin Fields will overtake Dalton in preseason. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke is going to be the starter for the Broncos come week one, like Denver. You're not getting Deshaun Watson. You're not getting Aaron Jones. Just like, I need you to give that up right now. It's not mm-hmm. happening this year. They're scared of Teddy, man. Teddy's got the rule. I mean, who, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Teddy does get, but Teddy's not being drafted right now. So <laughs> So much confusion. My head hurts right now. But I mean, at this, at this point, so if, if Rogers doesn't do this, then we got to say he's coming back because there's no way he's right. going to hold out. I mean, this is this is kind no, of the thing, right? I mean, this whole saga is going to end on Friday. lose all that money. Exactly. Right. This saga is going to end on Friday, whether we like it or not. You said this Friday, right? This Friday, which is going to be interesting because come next next Tuesday, we're going to have either, you know, our, our regular show, which is still awesome, or we're going to have a freaking bombshell for all you folks. And we're going to be able to dive into this even more. I love it. See, see what I do for you guys. I do all the research and, and Chris confirms it all. I love it. But as the defense, let's stick with Green Bay, the defense, man. I still like mm-hmm. this defense. I do. I think this secondary to me is one of the best in the entire NFL. And let me break it down for you guys. You have yourselves a little Jari Alexander. You got King. You got Amos. You got Savage. They drafted the Stokes kid from Georgia. I like Stokes. Quite Stokes a bit, is good shit, man. I mean, this this secondary is really, really good. And I think they got rid of Mike Pettin, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think they got a yes. different. Yes, they got a different defensive coordinator. And that, to me, is glory all day long because Pettin, I mean, no disrespect to the man, but I mean, his Rex Ryan ways. I mean, it's done, man. The NFL has morphed and changed and moved in different directions. Your your stuff is just kind of played out and, and uh, you're still trying to do the same stuff. And I mean, they got the Smith brothers. They got this Lancaster kid that's rushing the passer. I still like this defense. I think that, you know, with with all the anger and hatred that everyone was spewing about how Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons, they invested in this defense and they invested very well. This defense is very strong and very good. And they will again, it's two years in a row NFC championship for a reason. And I think, again, if Aaron Rodgers does come back, I mean, this this year could be Super Bowl. I think it's Super Bowl or bust for uh, Mr. Matt LaFleur. I mean, yeah, as long as it's not, you know, a, uh, you know, a fourth down situation and they take a field goal, they were going to be fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but the Packers, the Packers did go out. They got Joe Barry uh, for defensive coordinator. He was the assistant head coach and I think linebacker coach for the Rams over the last three or four years. And that's a defense that has been a force to be reckoned with for years. And like you mentioned, they have key players at each spot. You know, they've got Kenny Clark, who's one of the top defensive tackles in the league. You've got Rashawn Gary. Jair Alexander, who's one of the top two, top three cornerbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. Kevin King struggled a bit in the playoffs, but he's still a solid cornerback. And then, of course, Savage and Amos, like you mentioned earlier. So it's a a good defense. The offense is just the, well, pretty much the exact same as it was last year. They did lose Jamal Williams, who's now over in Detroit. They still have, you know, obviously Aaron Jones, who they re-signed. Second year running back, A.J. Dillon. The receiving situation is pretty much the same, though they did draft Amari Rodgers to kind of Ooh. fill that slot role. Oh, give my so I think, boy Amari some respect, Chris. Come absolutely. On. Absolutely. I mean, he, my boy. I mean, he very well could be number two in targets on this team because I know everyone is loving them. Some Robert Tunyon. I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to say it again because I said it a lot last year. The dude is touchdown dependent. He's not going to be getting you eight, nine receptions a game. He's going to get you four, maybe five receptions. And if he doesn't get a touchdown, 
it's going to hurt your team. So I'm just saying that now. You're still not on the Tanyan wagon, eh? I'm not. I, I, I think that he's good, but he needs to be fed the ball more. He is, he is completely touchdown dependent. And I know a lot of tight ends can be. Like, it doesn't mm. take a lot of work to be a tight end one in the NFL, sure. as far as fantasy is concerned. But to really get that to that next level, he has to do more than get touchdowns. I need to see more targets. I need to see more, see more yards before we're talking about him as like a top five tight end. Fair enough. And I can't I can't dispute it, but I really want to dispute my hatred toward you right now for not giving the same support to Mr. Amari Rogers, because I'm telling you guys, man, nobody wants to listen to this guy. There's a smart guy here, not just a hat rack, man, not just a hat rack. But it, but it's it's a it's a it's a super and our listeners can't see it, but it's a super red hat. <laughs> it's got some like really crappy logo on it, but it's a red hat. You know, I deal with this shit with you every time, man. This is the best team in the league. Just bow down already, okay? The Bills Mafia will come knocking on your door if I make one phone call. You know this. No, no, no. They're gonna try to like crash and like jump through my door because they think it's a table. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll close this out on Dynasty <laughs> Games, baby. We love it. I love it. I think the, the fans here, the listeners love it. So let's start off with quarterbacks and we will go back to the well, like we were talking, Mr. Carson Wentz or Mr. Daniel Jones. I mean, I'm going Danny Dimes here because no, I think not. this is his last ditch effort with the New friend. York Giants before they decide to move on from him. And I think that he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that he stays on this roster because the giants have done such a good job of building this offense and specifically defense, you know, over the last few years. And if Danny dimes can't do it, he's still 23 years old. He's got time. Carson Wentz. Yeah. He's got a handful of years left in him, but I'm going to, I'm going to give the edge to Daniel Jones here. We're not friends anymore, man. This is, this is what broke up the friendship. You have Wentz really Chris and Chris are not in the mix. I do man. Wentz above Daniel Jones at this point, I am taking the bait. I'm doing it because to me, I just, I can't trust this kid, man. Jones just, he's a turnover Mm -hmm. machine and just under Garrett. Well, yeah. yeah. I get it. You know what it's like? It's like you did the one of those kit cars, man. You know what? You remember these things where you could drive around in a Ferrari or Lamborghini, but there's like a, a scooter engine underneath the hood. Like this is kind of what the Giants feel like to me with uh, with Daniel Jones. So, I mean, I love the pieces around him, but for me, I'm I'm going with Wentz and Frank Reich, man. I think that duo is just too damn good. Deshaun Watson or Jalen Hurts? Hmm. So this one's tricky. This one's tricky. It is because I don't know what Watson's future is really going to, to hold. So I'm still going to Sean Watson. You know what? I, I, I like hurts. Don't get me wrong, but I think Watson sits out, you know, maybe just this year and he comes back in 2022. Give me, give me, give me to Sean Watson. Good move. I'm, I'm of the same opinion. Yep. Let's jump in the running backs, man. Mr. Mostert or chase Edmonds. Oh, that's interesting because I love, I really do like Mostert. I do. Um, it's the injuries, right? It has to be. But it, it's the injuries. So I'm going, I'm going Chase Edmonds because, you know, he's going to be the lead guy. There's nobody really fighting him for, for touches. Maybe James Conner will battle some red zone touches here. Mm-hmm. Um, but San Francisco, I just feel like their offense in general is such a mess. They can't decide who's their go-to guy outside of George Kittle. I don't trust anybody there. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Edmonds. You know what I hate is that I want to say I don't want either of them right now. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> I don't I don't want no either. because I've, if that was an answer I would have given that too. But I yeah. have to pick one. So I, I know I this is this is part of the game, and I got to pick is, one. Too, this is your game. Like you have to make an answer. I got to make a decision. I I think you know what I'm just gonna roll the dice. I think if you have mustard on your squad, you you can't move him because I mean, what's his value really? Everybody knows the book is out on his injuries. So I think mm-hmm. you got to just stick with him and, and hope for the best that his home run ability in this offense is just going to carry you for a little bit. And then you just got to have fill-ins when he does find the medical room, James Connor or Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'm going with, I'm going with Drake. You know, you I know really? that, you know, yeah. And that's just good. The, the talent, you know, James Connor. Yes, he's good. But again, he's had his injury concerns. Mm. Drake, not to say that he hasn't has his, has had his injury concerns, but I'm going to give Drake the edge there just because of, you know, hopefully the opportunity that he might get in Vegas. I know he's going to be kind of the one B to, to Josh Jacobs, but give me Drake is more of like a, of more of that receiving back kind of role. Okay. 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 I can't hate it. 
I want I, I want to believe in James Conner. I, I think this is kind of it's it's a want. I, I don't say that I'm putting my full endorsement behind him just yet. I want to believe in him within him in okay. Arizona. I, I think that's kind of where I'm going with this one, but this is a tough one as well. Naheem Hines or Mr. Devin Singletary. I mean, I don't want anything to do with Buffalo's backfield <laughs> just because Buffalo doesn't want anything to do with their own backfield. Why do Basically. I want anything to do with it? Basically. So yeah, give me, give me Naheem Hines, the guy that's going to get me, you know, 60 plus receptions a year as an RB two. Absolutely. Give me Hines. Do you know what I find interesting in this one is the fact that Singletary could actually turn into Naheem Hines. I, I you think so. I, I do. I feel it. I, I think that if if they would have had a guy like Travis Etienne come in or Najee Harris in this draft, if they would have been able to do that, I think the Singletary, uh, the role for Singletary would have morphed into that pass catching back. Um, but that did not happen. So that point okay, was just right. moot. It was moot anyway. So I'm just talking out of my ass. Wide receivers, baby. Let's go. Uh, we'll finish this off here, man. Chase Claypool or uh, Cortland Sutton? Um, oh, uh, I'm going Claypool here. I know Deontay Johnson is kind of emerging as like that number one guy for, for Pittsburgh. Um, minus the drops, but I'm going Claypool here. You know, uh, Sutton's coming off that, that knee injury. I'm not 100% convinced in Drew Locke. Not that I'm that more convinced with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, but I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Claypool here. It's the after effect for me. Until I have the sure uh, fire understanding of who's going to replace Big Ben, I think I got to go with Cortland Sutton for now, but it's so damn close. I don't hate your pick at all. Waddle or Higgins? Oh, oh, that's tough because I... Like so that? I actually recently made a trade for T Higgins in one of my dynasty leagues. Ooh. And all right. So this may be a spicy take of where I, where I'm going to tell you where I currently have T Higgins ranked in my dynasty rankings. T Higgins is my wide receiver 10. Ooh. And Waddle is, is not, um, I'm going, I'm going with my boy Higgins here. Yeah. It's a tough one, man. I mean, we, and, it's, we... and it's because I love her. I love, I really do like Jalen hurts. I need to see that connection first. And we know what burrow and Higgins can do. Yeah, yeah. You mean Tua, Tua. And, and, I'm sorry, Tua. Yeah, yeah. I got what you were saying. I just, I, I back you up. I mean, it's tough because we only know what we know, right? I mean, we haven't seen them play yet with Waddle. The trajectory for me is 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 kind of where I want to lean here. But I mean, the safe bet to me is Higgins. Like we were talking about, I'm in love with uh, how Cincinnati's going. So I think at you know, this point. Can, can Tua actually support? And that's a wide question. receiver one. That's exactly. a big question mark for me. That's that's the question. I mean, the, the upside for that is also kind of like how we discussed the chase with Burrow effect. It's Tua and Waddle going back and playing again together. Right. It's it's so damn close for me. Like because in Miami, you've got you've got Waddle. You also, you know, they they signed Will Fuller. You still mm-hmm. have Mike Kosicki. There are a lot of mouths to feed there. Right. And not to say that there aren't mouths to feed in Cincinnati. I just think that Cincinnati's offense is going to be more high power than what we see in Miami. It's tough to argue. And I think maybe by like week eight, I mean, this might be a more interesting conversation and we'll have a harder debate. Last one, man, Devontae Parker or Corey Davis. Ooh, I like this one. Um, And it's tough. I I really want to say Corey Davis. I'm going to go with Parker though. And I know that again, we're we're talking about Miami here Mm -hmm. and Parker's had his, his issues with injuries. Um, but I do like what Parker can do when he's actually on the field. So again, it's going to be, it's going to be close, but I'm going to give the edge to Parker there just because Corey Davis is just so hit and miss. Even when he's healthy, there are times where he just doesn't show up. And that really concerns me. I can't support Corey Davis as a wide receiver one uh, whatsoever. So for me, I'm out. I think that it is, excuse me, in this case, it is Mr. Parker. That is it, man. That is the games. That is the show, buddy. That was a good one. Actually, before we end, can I give you a quick tight end dynasty game question? Do it up. Sweet. So we're not going to go. I'm not going to go in like my, my top 12 rankings here. I'm going to go a little bit lower here. And I'm going to, Ooh, this is a good one. And I'm going to give you an option of three, not just a, a, a one versus one. It's going to be one versus one versus one. Okay. Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, or Adam Troutman. Ah, <sighs> 
you know, because I, I have them all three ranked like right next to each other, but like yeah. outside of my top 12. And I know that your love for Troutman is, is, is rising. And I mean, if for me to get into the conversation with him, it's got to be Jameis Winston. As soon as he gets uh, mm. anointed the quarterback position, I'm all in uh, you know, on the Saints players. I'll, I'll start talking them up. But at this point, you know, give me Hunter Henry, man. I think it's going to be very similar to the Gronk role, I think. And especially if, if Matt Jones, Mac Money Jones is going to be the guy, give me Hunter Henry, man. I'm, I'm on board. I think that it's going to be a, a replication of the, the Gronk Hernandez, Tom Brady days. All right. I'm going to give you one more because we talked about him earlier. And this may be a situation where you just say, I don't want either of them. Hmm. Zach Ertz or Gerald Everett. Oh my God. This is ugly. I don't like it. I mean, okay. So we're dependent on Ertz getting traded. And I mean, he's dealing with injuries, which first of all, he should have been traded a long time ago. The he fact that he been. hasn't been traded is ridiculous. I agree. He should have been, I mean, frick man, I don't like it. I don't, but if I'm forced, give me, give me, give me, give me Ertz. I'll, I'll take Ertz yeah. and hope, and I'll hope for the upside and him getting some statistical achievement. And then I'll ship his ass out. Maybe that's, I was just going to say, I've, I've got Ertz by like a hair. So yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think that's the I like appropriate it. thing. So for all you listeners out there, if you don't know, we are moving a lot of dynasty content over to our Patreon. So definitely go check that out. Subscribe. If you like dynasty games, there's going to be a lot more dynasty going on that uh, Patreon channel. So, I mean, definitely go and check that out. Very low subscription cost and we will be busting our asses to give you everything you require but before we get out of here jake has an important message for all y'all so listen up yeah real quick though before we get out of here i want to take a quick second here chris and i want to make sure i shout out our, our partners here for the year at fantrax.com I mean, fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry hands down right now offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks. But you can set up your account now, and it's 100% free. So head over to Fantrax.com slash headliners. Sign up for that free account and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges. Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now. Fantrax.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.